Welcome to the Heroes of Reality podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. Welcome to Adventures, Dylan here. And on today's podcast, I interview Victor Carlson. He's an artist and conscious cartoonist. He refused his call for adventure until he attended his ninth funeral. His frequent interactions with death led him to an obsession with the question, what is the purpose of life? His burning desire to find a fulfilling answer to this led him to begin his quest for discovering a life worth living. He soon realized that his purpose was the quest itself. Inspired by this journey, Victor is creating a cartoon called Bananas, the show where he intended to remove the mental barriers of a divided society to help unite humanity by exploring the many perspectives life has offered. Without any further ado, I'd like to welcome Victor. Hey, brother. How's it going? Good, man. How you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm excited. Yeah. Got, got the butterflies flying around in there. <laughs> That's awesome, man. <laughs> I know. I, I, I see you've got a plethora of heroes in that back wall. You know, I felt like it was just... It, it felt appropriate, right? Again, <laughs> <laughs> the spread of all of Marvel, man. I love it, man. It's a, it's our, it's our mo- modern day um, gods and goddesses. Oh, hundred percent. The hundred percent. Totally, yeah, totally. That's dope, man. So, yeah, I know, so, I love it. so I'd love to dive into it. So we were supposed to, we were supposed to do a podcast after we chatted for a bit, and we we're going back and forth on your journey. We were supposed to do a podcast. Um, uh, going diving into this and then uh a giant like ice blizzard tornado like knocked out your pl- power and so we have to push this back a bit can you can you talk to me a little bit about that journey and what happened and where you at now that was an interesting experience i mean yeah, yeah so i live in austin texas and as most of us know texas is not a cold state mm-hmm. right um i'm from sweden just to add on to that um so for me i'm very used to cold climates and cold weathers and a lot of snow so what ended up happening was we had a pretty severe cold front blow over pretty much all of texas and just overnight everything froze and yeah to the point where like you cannot drive on the road like it's completely covered in ice like it was the craziest thing i've ever seen despite being from sweden i'd never seen something like that where it went from rain to just like ice like that i mean our whole entire balcony was covered in a layer of ice so it was it was intense and obviously texas not being ready for this kind of weather everything just shut down i mean everybody lost power uh the water pipes froze so people didn't have running water and obviously nobody really a majority of people don't have you know snow tires or snow chains so there's nowhere to get around so now people are sitting at home no power no electricity no heating and it's freezing weather no way to get food no way to get water so there's a pretty intense few days <laughs> there where it was i mean seriously people were figuring out ways to survive and i mean unfortunately some didn't it went, it went to that extreme wow. um but i'm um, i I can say that I'm extremely fortunate to be one of the people that actually ended up having electricity the whole way through. So I ended up hosting some friends. They stayed with us for about two weeks until their apartments came back up and running and everything. So yeah, that was pretty intense. <laughs> That's incredible. I mean, 
we're so used to being in like a comfortable bubble of life and Amazon anything and everything comes to us and all that stuff. How, how did it feel like? I mean, what was it like to be a part of the community? What was it like to how has it has it shifted the way like um, culturally people interact with each other? Or is it is it just business as usual now? Oh, speaking of a cold front, it looks like we lost a bit of a connection. He'll be back in one second, folks, in three, two, one. There we go. Like we lost you for a half a beat. Not too sure why. Speaking yeah, of blackout, right? <laughs> As it goes. No, but the question I was asking was, how did it affect you in terms of going through this? Oh, are we having another one? Is this two? Two in a row with the internet? Uh-oh. We lost him one more time. Let's I'm still here. Can... I can hear you. I can see. Yeah, yeah. We seem to be losing connection. We'll, 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 we'll try this for a little bit longer and see how it goes. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Say it two times. All right. So we'll try one last time. So yeah. when we ask, we're in a society that we're used to having everything delivered from Amazon mm -hmm. packages to goods to whatnot. That all went away basically overnight. How did that affect the culture, and did that did that did it have a lasting effect afterwards um, on you and the people around you, or is it now that it's come and gone? Is it business as usual? I would say there's definitely lingering thoughts for sure. Just the idea of how fragile things really are. I mean, with power, for example, yeah, it was really it put you in a place where you know. The people that have prepared, and we're talking about, say, conspiracies about apocalypse and things like that, that have been, like, super prepared. Well, they were thriving, right? They were, you know, having a good old time with their solar panels, and they got stocked up on food and everything. <laughs> so it was great for them. Um, mm. Oh, no, man. Are, is it again? It, it, it skipped a beat. It didn't completely cut out that time, but this time it, it skipped a beat. Um, okay. From, from what I heard, you, you talked about doomsday preppers. Um, yeah. <laughs> that, that they were they were having a great time. They they had that confirmation bias of yeah. It was, I'm yeah. right. This is it. That's right. <laughs> they were like, oh, score. You paid out. Yeah, yeah. So on top of all of this, we had a two month old baby too. So there's oh. definitely a level of scare there, and just. I mean, we we put up all the blankets we had and just like covering all the windows, making sure that the heat that we had inside stayed inside. Um, I had friends that ended up, you know, deassembling stools and tables and put them in the fireplace just to have heat. Um, so it was really intense. And yeah, I absolutely would say there's a lingering thought, to, you know, to be prepared to, you know, buy that water filter just to have it at the house. Um, so that, I mean, that's another thing. People would go outside and grab snow, boil it, and just have something to drink. You know, it, it was so, so apocalyptic <laughs> in a way that it was something that you wouldn't really think to actually experience. Yeah. And I remember friends of mine, they were saying, you know, yeah, it snowed. I mean, this is any, any other snowstorm in Sweden. So why is this such a big deal? But yeah, I mean, it has everything to do with the infrastructure around it, right? Everything is was not prepared. Nothing was prepared for this yeah, type yeah. of. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. So then afterwards, um, you said the lingering thoughts. I mean, has it has it shifted what you do, how you plan, how you prep, or what is it? 
What is it? Has there, has there been any uh, lessons learned and and revelations from this? Yeah, I mean, there, I've definitely had the previous thought in, you know, at some point owning some piece of land and like kind of going off grid or at least have the options to. Um, so that vision or that dream of mine is, I would say, it kind of bumped up a couple notches out on the bucket list. <laughs> yeah. Became a little bit more relevant for me. Um, and yeah, and then especially having a child now too, it's just like, it's, yeah, I mean, you just never know what's going to happen. We're living in a crazy world, you know, obviously we've seen that with this last couple of years with, with COVID and everything else that's been happening that's just shifted yeah. the world in a day. So yeah, especially when it comes to the, the bare necessities, like water, like food, it's just to stock up at least and to have a few days worth of you know, water, have a water filter and some, some canned food in the back of the cabinet that will be available in, in case something like this happens again. That's so incredible. totally. That's incredible. So uh, before when we talked, um, you said you were counting a lot of it about what is the purpose of live and especially attending so many funerals. Yeah. Um, I feel like this may be, uh, how did this add to your questions, your burning desire questions and, and, and the cartoon you're looking to create? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would say that's that, that, just that question. What's the purpose of life has been my driving force since I was since I was a kid um, for a long time. I didn't necessarily I wasn't really aware of, of the fact that I was asking myself these questions. Uh, and then once that awareness came to me for a long time as well, I had a hard time with it because most people didn't ask those questions with me. Or if I asked somebody else that question, uh, oftentimes the answers that would come back would be like, oh, there's no purpose or there's nobody would never know. Like there, you can't know that, right? So there, were, there weren't really any empowering answers to the question that fueled me for life. Like that was the only motivation I had a lot of days to find an empowering answer to this question. So for a long time, I felt fairly alone on that journey of finding some type of purpose. And what that led me to do ultimately is I moved around a lot. I, 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 I sought new places to see, to meet new people, to do as many things as I possibly could. So for example, yeah, I moved from Sweden to California as an exchange student, as a 17 year old. Uh, moving across the world <laughs> just to like see what's there um, and meeting you know people that live completely different lives than I've ever been used to or ever known um, there's definitely this aspect of like oh this only happens in movies you know this is this is this is a life a movie in America type of life <laughs> uh, <laughs> And I met people that actually live these things. Uh, I'm, gonna talk, I'm, ta I'm not only talking about, you know, the good and exciting stuff, like the beautiful beaches of Southern California, for example, gorgeous. Uh, but I'm also talking about people with drug addicted parents, for example, or some of my best friends that were living in severe poverty. Like, I'd never experienced anything like that previous to moving over there. Um, so, yeah. So, com so, so coming from Sweden, you didn't experience the extremes, the, ex the extreme wealth and also extreme poverty. And then coming to America, coming to California first, and then moving to Austin, Texas, mm -hmm. kind of got exposed to these extremes, which caused you to yeah. question and ponder 
um, these kind of existential questions a bit more? Is that is that what's happening? Yeah, totally. And I think that what ended up happening too was despite seeing these things and knowing people so closely that when these were my best friends experiencing these incredibly tough situations or living living situations, there was still a lot of joy there. There's still a lot of happiness there. Uh, and of course we all have ups and downs, but their ups were just as high as the ups I would I had in Sweden where everything was great. Uh, or everything was happy medium, I should say. <laughs> um, it's kind of like a Swedish thing. Everything is, there's a Swedish word that it's, it's lagom, which is like not too much, not too little, but it's not perfect. It's just like that sweet spot in lagom. <laughs> No, Logum. Logum. Yeah. I want to use that. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So like that's that kind of summarizes my life in Sweden. Everything was logum. Everything was good. It wasn't bad. It wasn't fantastic and it wasn't terrible. Um, so then when I moved and I met these people in this these extremes, I experienced so many other different things. Um, and ultimately I came to the realization that, you know, which we've all probably heard at times so that happiness really exists inside right happiness comes from inside and not from the outside and having had that actual physical experience of seeing this in such first hand that really shifted things in me and yeah it was it was really then that i i kind of shifted my my um, area of study from i was really heavily into sales and entrepreneurship and business uh, because I had this thought that if I succeed in business and I make a lot of money, well, then I can not work much and I can just spend that money doing things that I love. <laughs> and I went into sales and I did fairly well for, for, for a while there, but I quickly realized that that's just not how it works. The reason I made quota early is because I worked myself at the end of last month, right? So um, the, that, the concept of chasing money for happiness also failed me pretty quickly. Uh, and I was just, I was just kind of left there with, I have myself <laughs> and I, I have all my friends and I have the whole entire world. I have opportunity, I have possibilities. The world is pure potential. And then that was kind of where the idea got sparked in using all these stories that I've accumulated throughout this whole journey and all these people that I've met that are living in these extremes or in these mediums mm -hmm. um, and how interesting it would be if say for example I would put my my best friend's mom from Sweden together with my <laughs> say like well somebody that in California that was dealing with a drug addicted parent. Like what if I put them together and they were partners, they were the same age, like I created these characters and I just kind of shifted some things. And I just like, it, it made me play around with all these different characters and archetypes and like, what happens if you add these together? And what, what kind of conflicts arise and what, what kind of clashes and how would they click? Because, I mean, I have friends in all corners of the world whether no matter what religion they follow or if there's none no religion or if you know what whatever they believe politically or whatever it's, i i i just feel completely disconnected to their beliefs because i understand them as people i understand that you know those are just layers on top of who they actually are mm -hmm. um so then 
since I've been able to learn <laughs> uh, that, you know, everybody has a reason for believing what they believe, even the craziest things. For example, my my wife's my wife grew up her her whole life uh, with a drug addicted father, and um, he, he fairly recently passed away. He was murdered, um, and that that was kind of how her life journey got started on you know finding purpose. Um, but after we've really been digging into that and understanding, you know, yes, my wife missed out on having a father her whole life. Um, but when she really started digging into this and she understood that the reason that he was dealing with these drugs, the reason he was taking these drugs was because that was his escape. He was in so much pain and suffering because after his, his passing, a lot of stories from his past came up. And when, on, upon reflection, we understood that this is why he, he couldn't cope. He, he wasn't able to deal with all the things that happened to him. So his only, the only thing he could do, the only thing that made sense to him at the time was to drown himself in the drugs. Mm -hmm. And so what, what, what came from being resentment and a lot of pain came in, or turned into compassion you know, and just a level of unconditional love that I've never seen before. So with so many of these type of realizations that I've had across this, along this journey and understanding really why people do even the craziest things like that, right, where they miss out on their, their entire family's life for drugs, um, I understand. I get it. Mm -hmm. um, so that is ultimately the kind of perspectives I want to portray with my cartoon that I'm developing now is to tell, basically share the stories all together in, in a way that you're seeing the same day unfold from a lot of different perspectives. Mm -hmm. So what we're seeing, what we're experiencing and we take as truth is for somebody else definitely not true right go get on facebook for a minute and we'll see that right <laughs> like people have very different truths or beliefs of what what truth is and when we're when i've been digging into this and you know cutting things open i've been seeing that ultimately well there's two ways to look at it it's either that all of these truths are true or none of them are true right <laughs> so in the same way it comes to that you know glass half empty glass half full kind of concept of like everybody's truth is true to them so then uh reflecting back here so you've gone through a lot of hardship you've seen a lot of death mm -hmm. and and within the death you've gotten a lot of lessons a lot of insights yeah. Um, on the meaning of life and the way that people handle the difficulties of life. And so you, you want to take that and you want to portray that in, in a cartoon, um, possibly a virtual reality cartoon, mm -hmm. um, to be able to give those lessons to other people, um, maybe without so, so much of the trauma and impact of the actual death itself. Correct. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. That, yeah, I would absolutely say so. And I think that's the power of storytelling is that we we get the chance to really connect with somebody, whether it's a car 
you know, a, a cartoon character or uh, just another person, right? It's it's that ability to connect, to feel their how they feel, um, because ultimately everything we do, we do for a feeling, right? And so if we can share stories to help people feel these feelings, we can save. I I, I believe that I I can save somebody from having to go through the same exact experience as I did and all of that suffering by kind of giving them that shortcut and telling the story that they would otherwise have gone through by themselves and kind of giving them the path of like, here's how this can go. And of course, you know, every, everybody still has the power to choose and to choose their own reality. Mm -hmm. um, but when you when you get to see some of the things that are fairly obvious in certain scenarios, it's like, oh, I really don't have to. There, there's for, okay. For example, if if with the awareness and understanding that we have today, if my if my wife's dad was still alive, we've we've talked about this a lot of times that we know that we could connect to him in a different way instead of having that underlying resentment that was there then. Uh, now coming towards him with unconditional love, I know that we could have helped him out. Mm. Do you? So, in a way, is the is the cartoon kind of a way to um, help people avoid the the I don't want to call it mistakes, but the lessons learned from what you've done, and and to kind of show them another path of what's possible. Is that. Partly, I would partly. say partly. Um, another thing too is uh, because I've lived so many places, seen so many people. Um, yeah, my, for example, I mean, in in Sweden, just a big old middle class. Um, Northern California, where I lived, super generalizing here, but think very Republican, kind of conservative, um, and then moving to South Texas to a Hispanic family which is, again, a, comp a completely different experience, a completely different culture, a completely different way of life. And making or becoming incredibly good friends with all of these people and in seeing the, the level of racism and the kind of barriers that are between all these groups of people that I've lived with um, to, to kind of help bring down the barriers in a way, um, to help people on this side of the fence, you know, understand why people do it this way on this side of the fence. Uh, you, you basically showed up to a party and you're wondering why everybody's mad at everybody. Uh, <laughs> that's a good example. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. You're trying to figure, okay, so why, why, what happened here? Who's in the uh -huh. what? It's like, you're like the new kid on school and there's all these clicks and you're trying to understand why everyone's clicking. Okay. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. So yeah. let me ask you then. So talk to me about where are you at in the in the cartoon the cartoon creation process? Where you what's your what's your plan? What's your roadmap? Let's 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 dive into some of these like um, the process of where you're at and where you're trying to go with all this. Totally. Yeah. So this is this is one of my favorite things about this whole project is that mm -hmm. I'm learning as I go. Mm -hmm. uh, I always I always say that I'm I'm not an animator. I'm not a director. I'm not a storyteller even but i sure will be by the end of this right so um yeah every day i'm 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 reading books i'm i'm taking animation courses so i'm still in the process of learning how to animate and and story writing and screenwriting all the good stuff so 
I'm very open and public about this journey and about this process. And every time I finish a piece of animation, which, for example, today, I'm going uh, live after this podcast with my first little short film that I finished uh, yesterday. Yeah, super exciting. So um, just like little parts and little victories like that, I'm, I'm sharing and I'm, I'm bringing community in to, to co-create with me, essentially. So the animation process is, is running. I'm learning a lot every single day. And in terms of story writing, one of the things that I've been doing, because in the back of my mind, I've always had this idea that this is something that I will do one day. Um, I think the reason I haven't done it earlier is obviously because of how life works. <laughs> but if I'm trying to like give a description of why, it's because of limiting beliefs of, mm. you know, there's there's no way I could ever become this, or how would somebody hire me when I don't even know the skills? Um, so then that just af after so much waiting and so much pushing uh, holding off i just came to a point where i'm like this is the only thing i want to do this is the only thing that makes any sense i had a daughter and now at some point we you know obviously <laughs> I'm, I'm having to support this family right so so this is the only thing that makes sense this, this i have to do this and i have to do it now and so i figured out okay what can i do and i can only do what i can do with where i'm at so i just i just started and I, I'm, I'm sharing the journey along the way. Now that's how you get started. Like in, in so many of these things, like everyone gets started and and the I'm not good enough and that I'm going to wait until I am good enough before I start doing is the exact opposite of what you need to. So yeah. I mean, you're, you're on the path. I mean, a lot of people just, just getting up and get cracking on things and, and being very public and open about it because, I mean, that, that allows people to align and push with you on it. So totally. what, what right now, uh, so you've created a short. Um, mm -hmm. What, um, what, talk to me about the process of creating. You said you had collaborations, things like that. So do you, do you do a whiteboard? Do you jot down all your notes? Do you take those notes and then turn them into a narrative? Or talk about your process from going from your idea to actually mm -hmm. getting a cartoon in your hands. Totally. So, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I've, for about five years now, had this thought in my mind that at some point I'm going to create a movie or I'm going to create something, a visual whether it's a cartoon or a movie or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I would say about five years ago, I started writing down everything, all my notes on my phone. Every time I had an idea, I would take my phone, write it down. Uh, and this has just become this insanely long <laughs> note. Uh, and I actually read it through for the first time uh, a while back, and it took me about six hours just to write these notes. Awesome. Uh, and there, it's everything from short pieces of script to camera angles to scene ideas and like setups and of course characters and uh, characteristics archetypes everything that i feel like this is some this is gonna enrich my stories mm -hmm. uh, and so yeah that's how it started without having an idea of what it was going to turn into and as this idea started to develop more and more i i just kind of I, I sit down and one of my practices is basically I, I'll, I'll I close my eyes, I'll get into a very calm state, and uh, I basically watch the show. I, I either I'll try to zoom in on a specific character that I've imagined that I think would be very interesting, an interesting story to tell, um, or I just kind of let creativity tell me 
what story or who I'm following. So basically, I'll, I'll sit back, I close my eyes, and I'm, it's almost as if I'm watching a movie or the show already. And it starts playing, obviously, very visual. <laughs> so it starts playing in my mind. And if I really like how it goes, I'll, I keep, it keeps going. If I get bored or if it doesn't make sense, I'll kind of like I'll create a mental pause and I'll rewind and I'll redirect it. Um, and then every once in a while, I'll read through my notes and it reminds me, oh, yeah, that's a concept that I forgot about. So I'll come back and I'll, I'll redo it now with this concept in mind. And when I when I get when I end up at something that I really enjoy, I'll I'll write down. So I have just about. So my idea is for season one to be ten episodes. We're following ten different characters, mm-hmm. and I have right now I have about eight rough drafts completed. So. Eight and rough it's drafts. Like, so you have an, uh, a eight rough drafts. So you have eight episodes, or you have correct. Episode, okay. Got correct. It. So eight characters, rough drafts completed. Uh, at this point yeah do you have like so when you're trying to put all these pieces together because it, it sounds like you're, you you want to show the same day in different ways to show that everyone has a different truth or the same interaction per se so yeah so then with your when you're trying to organize this you you're, you're doing uh, basically this mental model um playthrough so you have your eyes closed you're playing through if you 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 go through a scene in your mind uh, you get an emotion from it, whether you giggle or you get surprised or whatever thing might be. You're like, oh, that's good. So then you pause and then you you write that down with your hands. Is that what that is? And then you you capture that block and then you you carry on with the storyline. Is that is that the process? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I usually don't write down with my hands because then I still have to transfer it to the computer later. And I, <laughs> it's definitely been a thing. I have papers everywhere with like little snippets of gold, and I <laughs> so I really try to write down on the computer as much as I can. But yeah, that's 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 a very accurate gist of what's what's going down. And yeah, I think for most, for a lot of people, it would just be a humongous mess. And I think that's just the way my mind works. It's just like a gigantic um, mind map inside my head, and I kind of have an idea of where everything is at. Uh, I think because it's been such a long process that I I kind of organize and categorize things. Um, and because of that, I have I really have a good idea of all the separate pieces mm-hmm. and the reason i haven't been able to finish an episode completely is because these all of these 10 episodes are obviously very intertwined right these they will interact with each other and cross each other's episodes and we'll see you know see, well, that's why i was curious with it if you look at the it's a lot of moving pieces going mm-hmm. on and 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 uh the mental uh theater um works really well but sometimes if with, you have a lot of pieces like that it might be a challenge to get it, get it all right in your head. So I was just, do you, do you take any of the frameworks or do you take any of these pieces and put it on an actual, it could be digital or, or a physical whiteboard and you're drawing out the, the, how the, how they intertwine together. Is, is that what's going on or do you? Yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I feel like I've tried every idea that came to mind. <laughs> I've done big whiteboards. I've done, uh, I haven't yet, but I have this big wall right here in front of me. Uh, but for my wife's sanity, <laughs> I haven't turned it in. I can see this whole entire wall becoming like a detective board, right? Where there's like a red thread. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, a personal experience, man. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you, absolutely. You do take up it, real estate when you do it, for sure. It's a, Yeah, it's a pretty big mess. So, yeah, it's in some crazy way I have it all kind of organized in my mind. Uh, and yeah, every time that I, it develops, I just write it down on these drafts. 
So then, are you took? Are you planning on turning this into um, the, with the cartoon? Are you? What's about the distribution? Is this something that you want to do, um, like online distribution? Do you want to do it in virtual reality, or what's your plan to to get this out to the masses? Yeah. So this has been this has been a really interesting question, and it's been something that I've I've tossed around a lot. It's something I've talked to a lot of friends about, um, and ultimately, my answer to the question is I'm I don't know. <laughs> this is one of those things that I trust that the perfect thing will align. And obviously there's still some time from here on out until the date of pr the, the premiere, right? So as far as I'm concerned, the platform might not even exist yet, right? So I'm leaving it very open just because I feel if I, if I decided today and I got so attached to the outcome, and that ended up not actually being the best case scenario for me when the day comes. Uh, I just feel like it's going to be more difficult for me then. So that's that's a humongous decision and a very important one. And it's one that I've completely decided to hold off of uh, just for that simple reason of when I know, I know. And right sure. now, I don't. <laughs> so, that's a, you trust in the process, which is great. Yeah. What? Let me ask you, what are what are major roadblocks? What are you stuck on? What are the what are the thresholds guardians keeping you back from 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 doing what you need to do to, to get to the next phase of your journey? Hmm. One thing is the whole idea of a twenty-four hour day. I wish I had like say fifty hours in a day. <laughs> no. Uh, but I mean honestly it's uh, I don't I don't really see anything holding me back right now it's for a long time it was it was definitely self-doubt it was it was a lot of internal things that I had to clear out and work through um, but today I would absolutely say that I'm in the process and everything is just aligning and everything is happening uh, which is fairly new to be able to say uh, because for so long I would I would blame things I would have excuses and uh, you know, uh, yeah, I, I, what, I, what usually happens is I set my alarm clock for five or six in the morning. I try to get up as early as my, my body can take. And I get about two to four hours every morning to, to get uninterrupted work. And then my daughter wakes up and I become a dad for, for the most of the rest of the day. So yeah. it's, it's it, obviously that's kind of a thing, right, where there's only so much time in a day and I have a lot of responsibilities and a lot of things I would like to do with my life. And this is just one of those things. Um, so, but yeah, I really don't think there's anything holding me back today other than the process itself that is, is taking its time. Um, yeah. So, so then it's just, it's just putting in the work, putting in the time, having a commitment to it and then try, trying out steps in the journey. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. So what then what again got you to jump in? Because you said before you had self-doubt and you had uncertainty and you didn't believe that you were and you didn't have the skill sets. And then you, mm -hmm. you switched gears to saying now you're doing it, you're trusting the process, you're fully in. Can you talk to me a little bit more about what caused that transition? Totally. Yeah. So I think a big piece of it was just doing things that I didn't enjoy for a long time, a, lot, a big part of my life. And having had that background 
which we talked about earlier of having experienced death so frequently and having it so fairly close to my heart in a way that I've kind of, I mean, it, it's primed me to, I just know that life is incredibly fragile, right? Because I've, I've seen it, uh, I've experienced it, talked to my best friend and a couple of days later he's gone for forever. Uh, just that type of experience is like, it, how, it, 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 how recent was that? That was, that's been a few years. It's, um, let's say that must've been 2013, mm-hmm. 2013. Yeah. And just having, having, having had those experiences firsthand, I just cannot get myself to do something that I don't want to do. Um, because I, I'm, I feel like I'm wasting time doing the things I want to do. I'm wasting life <laughs> and I, I, I just can't. So for a long time, I would say 2018, 2019, though, yeah, for pretty much two years, I did very, very little, bare minimum of really anything, um, almost to the point where you could, you could probably almost classify as some type of depression, you know, in the depression state where I just didn't want to do anything um, because I didn't want to do the things that I was supposed to do or that society tells you to do, go out and make money, make have a career. I'm like, but for what reason? Why am I going to go down this path only to get stuck with a title or all these responsibilities, mortgage payments, when it's not what I want to do? Um, so I, I, just, I just saw this clear path to more of what I didn't want. Uh, so what ended up happening was pretty much I, I entered this like very internal, uh, the belly of the whale type of place mm-hmm. inside of myself where I just spent time alone or with myself in doing as much self-discovery as I could to find what I wanted. And it's such a simple question, right? What do you want? But it's a hard answer to for me. It was a really hard answer to get to, uh, because of those like self doubts mainly that I'm not good enough. How am I supposed to make it as an artist when so few do? So then, looking at that, so that's what I'm trying to understand. So that was in 2013. Mm-hmm. So that was in a number of years ago. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it wasn't until recently that you decided to turn into high gear to go forward and make this happen. So what what happened in the recent time that caused you that? You said you did self-reflection, self-discovery, like you you don't wanna waste your life and you you don't Mm -hmm. wanna do things, you don't wanna waste your time on on things that you don't like to do that doesn't fill you up with excitement in life. Yeah. Um, But was there a situation, was there, you did a bunch of journaling and over time the journaling gave you insights? Was it a meditative, was it, was it a gradual process over a period of a couple of months, or was it like, an, was it an instantaneous thing when you experienced a certain event? That's what I'm, I'm trying to get clarity on. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that it was. I would definitely call it a gradual process. Um, I today I absolutely consider myself an artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was a young child, when whenever I looked through like old school journals and things, when when I'd been asked the question, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" Uh, artist would be on that paper 
but then my whole life growing up, that just fell off, right? I, I never believed that I could. But at the same time, I've always held on to it. I've always created. I've always been an artist whenever I got a chance to, right? I've always drawn. I've always kind of made things here and there. Um, and in this gradual process, I think that I, I, I found so much joy in doing it. And as life continued to unfold, and as I was just stuck in this void, the only thing that I really found joy in was my art. And the only thing that I, I just found purpose in, the thing that made sense to me was art, uh, despite the fact that it didn't pay any bills. So like in, a, in the society that we live in, it didn't make any sense. Uh, so I was very much stuck in that like reality versus my desires, right? Like there was a disconnect there. Um, and I think if there was one specific time or a moment where like I had to decide or I felt like I did decide was when when my wife got my wife and I got pregnant mm-hmm. and I just had this moment of like, okay, so now I cannot do minimum anymore just to like have the absolute minimum to make all the bills. <laughs> like I don't want my daughter to grow up in that type of environment. I know that she will learn more than anything from my example so i want her to grow up with you know a father who believes him believes Mm. in himself who goes for his dreams who even if the society says it's not possible well then i'm going to show that it is let me be this role model to you um and i think that is the kick i had to where like okay i'm just gonna this this half-heartedness that's been a part of this whole journey for so long, it kind of moved into a level of devotion that I haven't experienced before. Um, so yeah, definitely a gradual process up until I was like, right. hold up, this is it. I, this is the only thing that makes any sense. It became bigger than you because now you, you have to be responsible for a little, a little life yeah. uh, that you are creating right now, uh, co-creating um, with your wife. Exactly. Uh, which, which, um, which is beautiful. Um, so, so looking at that, so you talked to me about you get up early at four or five in the morning um, to do things. What other habits have you adopted or what other habits do you wish you could adopt um, for daily rituals to, to keep you on this path? Mm, that's a good question. It, it's something that it's been very much a lot very alive and very on mine and my wife's mind recently um for me it's it's definitely some level of structure that that um will just give me more specified time like whenever i do have time uh because yeah in, in 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 the in the recent past it's been more like Oh, she goes to breastfeed. I got 30 minutes. Let me run over to the office and, and work for 30 minutes. So, you know, I'll, every like window that I get, I'll, I'll jump in. Um, and I think having what, yeah, when, when our daughter was that little, it's so uncertain, right? It's, it's <laughs> things move very quickly and we're brand new parents. We're still learning a lot. And so for a while, I felt like this part of my journey was kind of you know, not on the top of my priority list. Uh, but now as our daughter is getting a little bit older, when she can, we can put her down in the playpen and she can 
kind of spend some time by herself and we're kind of having we're understand we're starting to know who she is and you know it's easier to design our lives a little bit more now that we we actually have an idea who this third little person is in this family <laughs> so a lot of it has just been i mean by no means has it been the most productive or organized journey i would say it's probably been the absolute straight up opposite um of yeah what i could have done but through all of the through this void that i've spent so much time in i've i've learned so many lessons there specifically and yeah if i was to say that all that i'm doing this to create a show only i would absolutely be lying to you i think this this whole project has been more than anything a self-discovery or uh, you know like i said or like you read in the bio it just yeah. it's been the process of purpose for me so yeah it, it's obviously like a very live topic in the world today and like productivity and do as much as you can as fast as you can and get as much out of the day as you possibly can um like i told you it's i get my two to four hours in the morning and then we stroll for the rest of the day for the most part <laughs> we very much just we we hang out we we're parents um so yeah it's it's not the most productive necessarily but it's by far the most fulfilling for me yeah. uh, and, it, and that's the definitely what i've come to is like i can live like these gurus tell me to live and to to have get the most out of life or i live the way that i decided that this is the my ideal way to live which i realized through all these years of of spending time in the void and spending time seeking myself uh, and connecting with myself is you know a few hours of work and then a lot of play and what ends up happening is through that play and through that going out and, and spending time with friends that is when i get my absolute most creative ideas so ultimately that's where i get my content from and then whenever i do sit down in the morning that's when it just comes down on paper yeah yeah it's a it's a it's being a balanced having a balanced life uh, yeah working, getting that thing out the way spending time with the family especially especially with the little one it's just mm -hmm. coming out of it lots of time lots of attention yeah that, that's that's beautiful what uh let me ask you so then at the at the end of all of this like what do you hope to have what would you like this like holy grail envision to look like for mm. um this conscious cartoon mm. i've been playing around with multiple ideas um if like is the cartoon going to be it or uh, and then i'm going to move on to the next thing or is this just kind of like the beginning of of its own little empire uh i've definitely seen and felt this thing expanding and turning into uh like we were talking about the first time we talked is uh, the gamified aspect in virtual reality mm -hmm. i can see I can see this the cartoon in itself just being a cartoon and that's a way for people to not only get to know the characters and and like we've been talking about helping bring down barriers between groups of people um 
but I can see this also then later turning into a virtual reality game. Uh, and even because these characters will be dealing with a lot of major life issues. We talked about depression a little bit. So for example, uh, another concept I've been playing around with is what if then later after the episode, you can go on and follow this monkey who is the, the depressed monkey. Uh, and then there's a specific resource or an online course, let's say, hosted by this monkey that is helping people deal and move through their depression. Um, so where it's not just this visual medium, but it's, it's turning into a lot more, it's turning into a service and it's turning into a way for people to really not only connect with this character, but to connect with themselves through this character and take themselves through this tough experience that they're currently through or might have been stuck in for whatever period of time. Got it. So you'd be able to take them from uh, not only having an emotional connection with the story and the lessons learned, but be able to take those lessons and the emotional connections, uh, combine that with a likable character, um, and then bring them to do something with that that energy to uh, um, uh, learn mindful activities or other types of things that they could go through on some sort of online course to ultimately help them um, beyond um, just a, a story um, with a with a meaningful lesson, you want to take that and, and turn that into some sort of action for them. That would, that would right, be, yeah, that's awesome. Right. What do you think in terms of um, the virtual reality pieces? What do you think is the what do you think are the biggest areas that would be um, a challenge for you to overcome? Hmm. I would say today it's definitely. Yeah, just like from where I'm sitting right here right now, it's the technical aspect of like not really understanding or knowing the, the technicalities of how things work. Um, but then again, through my experience, I know how quickly you can connect with somebody who knows and simply working with that person that the big, huge obstacle becomes a very small one <laughs> or maybe even an opportunity to create, a, you know, a lasting connection and uh, a way to help somebody else uh, who's a specialist in the areas that I'm not uh, flourish and find another way to, you know, express their strengths or whatever you want to call it. Sure. So, so it's the technical piece. How does this work? How does it function? How do I get my art into this whole virtual environment? And how does it, that's all those, those technical blocks. Were you, yeah. able to, were you able to do things like this uh, when you talk about reaching out to people and having them more or less power level you on what you want to get done? Have you been able to do that with art and with the cartoons and everything? Is that, is that something that you've been able to do? Or are you kind of just um, done it more self-discovery um, going online and looking at those things? Yeah, so far it's been very internal, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's just because I want to at least have reached a certain level of knowing or understanding how things work. Um, I don't see myself by any means animating this whole entire show myself, right? But I want to know how animation works. And that's really why I'm, I'm learning the animated piece right now, hmm. is to m better connect with the animators that I do end up working with um, in creating this show. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, up until this point, it's been very personal and internal. Uh, and I see that shifting very soon. I've, I've already made a lot of incredible connections very recently.
that in in different types of collabs and things like that um where we're just growing uh, our respective uh you know businesses if you want to call it that or created creative pieces and, and growing them together so yeah i i see this shifting i see it moving i see it's working um and yeah i'm, I'm, I'm really just i don't see this as as my show it's just funny to say but like in, in a lot of ways i don't even see it as my show i just see myself as the person it's that it's made through <laughs> you know like most of these stories aren't even my own they're they're stories of my friends and stories of my my peers mm-hmm. uh stories of people that i've met uh and my experiences of them right so I, i'm just in a way the vessel that it, this is being created through and um yeah whatever ends up happening ends up happening i'm very detached <laughs> which is an interesting uh, idea uh, but I'm, I'm very detached to the outcome and i'm very detached to even the process uh which is like it's so loose and it's like if this is supposed to be like a motivated motivating message it's like uh, <laughs> uh i don't know if it, it really is but i mean i guess if i was to like give a you know a piece of advice it's like it might not be what society values but holy fucking shit i'm so so fulfilled it's beautiful uh being non-attached to the outcome but uh enjoying the process is i mean is the nuts and bolts to all of this right otherwise the the you'll always kick the can for your pleasure well you yeah know, never, you'll never you'll never be happy because you know, don't like speaking absolutes but you're constantly kicking the can and, and you'll never get to that destination versus if enjoying the process is mm-hmm. it's, it's fantastic so i mean it sounds like it's very well balanced it's uh you're, you're you're just putting in the work and you seem to be kind of uh yeah detached to the whole outcome of everything uh let me ask you a question these these this non-attachment and and putting the work and things like that who is who would you say are the are the people um that are you you study their works or you 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 because you say you're you're conscious right so where did you where did the where what masters do you follow what mentors did you follow mm. what books are interesting to you what are, what for you um has given you um besides the the funerals and the death what's given you perspective uh to kind of gain that conscious awareness mm. uh, my favorite author by far i'd say is deepak chopra uh, i've read many many of his books and my i think my favorite piece or my favorite part like my favorite thing about his books is in the way that he bridges spirituality and we'll say like i guess in a way like the eastern versus the western right and like how it's 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 one side's very spiritual and the other side is very mental uh and he bridges that gap so beautifully and he's just a master at metaphors and he makes quantum physics super simple to understand um and just like a very big picture things including you know uh, mythology for example philosophy medicine biology how the body actually works quantum physics and things like that um it's definitely helped me get a very much bigger picture of of life and instead of seeing myself as you know blood and bone and personality i see myself as 
it's consciousness with mm-hmm. blood and bones, right? Uh, self identi- self identifying as consciousness versus this uh, this person sitting here, right? And of course, it's a practice, and it's something that I'm always going to be learning. But whenever I kind of started to consciously making that decision to detach from the little me, uh, life just became so much more simple. And um, yeah, I think that's been in terms of philosophy and in terms of self-discovery, mm-hmm. um, that that's absolutely been my biggest drive. And in terms of film, um, for example, well, I, I, I just study other movies, honestly. Uh, 2019, my wife and I went to the movie theater 52 times. Is that every weekend? Is that what happened? Uh, honestly, it was... Uh, well, we had this like membership, right, where you can go like three times a week. And honestly, at a at a certain point, we went to the movies as soon as a new movie came out because we'd seen all of it, right? So we were just waiting for the next ones to come out. Uh, so sometimes it was three times a week. Sometimes it wasn't for for a few weeks in between. But yeah, we ended up going fifty two times in one year. Twenty nineteen. And I brought a notebook to every movie and I took notes and same thing there like the things I would do on my phone is just like oh that's a really cool scene or that's a really cool way how they introduce this character or um, I love how they resolve this conflict or just like things that I really enjoyed about these different movies. Do you have a favorite movie from 2019? Mm. Dang I should have looked this up before. There are some fantastic movies that year for sure. Um, I think some of our favorite movies funny enough right but there were definitely some of the pixar movies that were out uh i feel like pixar's been kicking ass <laughs> recently they've been coming up with some bomb stuff yeah pixar's got some strong game so yeah they do they, they came do. out soul right didn't they do soul soul is the uh, one i don't know if it's the most recent but yeah it's it's uh yeah fantastic movie. probably the best animation i've ever seen yeah. if you if you look into detail and like the hair and the skin and the texture and things. I mean, it's it's insane what these guys are doing. These guys and girls. Yeah, they've they've gotten it down to like a mechanized system, which is <laughs> yeah. super impressive. It's super impressive. Yeah, it really is. It really is. That's awesome. Uh, well, that sounds incredible. And so, um, is there anything else you'd like to let people know about um, before you tell people how they get a hold of you and find out more about uh, the work that you do? If there's anything I would let people know, um, yeah, I mean, if there's anything I can leave the you guys, your viewers with after listening to this is like, embrace the mess. Um, don't try to like, don't try to make sense of things when things don't make any sense. If there's one lessons, one one lesson that I've learned spending all this time in the void it's like when the universe is ready the universe is ready uh, and you'll know it uh, when things have moved in my life it's been so obvious and it's been so in my face that i could not i mean some of the some of the experiences i've had where it's just the most incredible manifestation seemingly right but it, it's it's been a process and it's something i've i wanted for so long and instead of pursuing it actively, I just, I just, I set the intention, I sent it away, and I, 
I let I let the world know that this is what I want, and I held on to it, right? But at the same time, I was very detached to the outcome of it. Uh, and in due time, it, it always shows up. So, yeah, know what you want, or if you don't, find out. Uh, and if you don't know how to find out, try as many things as you can. Uh, just experience, 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 even in the worst things, uh, even in things like death is where I found one of some of my absolute most profound and most valuable lessons. So there is lessons and value in every experience. And so, yeah, just embrace what's in front of you. That's what I would say to anybody listening. Love it. Love it. Uh, and Victor, if people want to find out about you and your new short that's going to be releasing tomorrow, yeah. how do they find out about you and, and where to find that, that content? So, yeah, actually, I'm going live tonight, uh, showing this little short, uh, and that'll be on my Facebook, uh, yeah, on my fa personal Facebook page, just facebook.com forward slash K Victor K. Victor K Victor K. Do you want to, yeah, just sp spell that out real quick for us? So K V I C T O R and a mm -hmm. K again. Uh, so that's my personal Facebook. Um, you'll be able to see everything I create in terms of bananas uh, on there's a Facebook page um, that you can find just to search bananas the show on Facebook. You'll find that and on Instagram as well at bananas the show is where I post and upload and update everything that we got going on. Um, another thing, fun thing that we're doing that I'll share this last thing I'll share with you guys here is um, we I have this insiders club which is really exciting I think you can think of it almost as the bananas writers room mm -hmm. and it's a closed uh, group that we have on Facebook uh, it's for so sidestep there I, I'm, I'm I'm fundraising on uh, GoFundMe and there's different tiers right but uh, the most popular tier on there is is a $50 tier and basically what you get for that is access to the bananas insiders club which that is I'll be I'll, I'll post a lot more intimately about my process and uh, the actual work in terms of story in terms of characters and since I am this early on in the in the journey of creating this I also post a lot of polls and questions and writing prompts and basically it's an opportunity for community for the for the uh, the fans for the viewers to uh, influence the outcome of the show and for it to for everybody to have a hand in how this all comes could comes together so it's super exciting every time I, I, I write any of these writing prompts we get a lot of really cool uh, responses and basically what ends up happening is I, I read it through obviously and the, whatever I, we love is and basically ends up getting be put into the script so uh, it's just a cool way for people to be part of of the process if you if you've ever been somebody like me who's been wanting to create something but might not have the means or time or the space to do it in the capacity that i'm doing it right now um, it's just a cool place to be part and and do the thing so that's awesome on the go yeah Bananas the show, you can Instagram, Facebook, K Victor K on Facebook. Awesome. 
Thank you so much, brother. I really appreciate your time and best luck on, on your conscious cartoon journey, my friend. I'll Thank you so soon. much. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Heroes quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.